speed of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. That UFO podcast is powered by Zencaster. Zencaster is one of the world's leading platforms for recording and hosting podcasts. Zencaster is a modern web-based solution for high-quality audio and video podcast production. With a full suite of professional tools, Zencaster allows podcasters to quickly and seamlessly record their guests remotely and produce their podcasts in studio quality. Check out the links in the show description to find out more. Support for that UFO podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped just released their brand new fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive listener offer just for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ANDYUFO. Enter that at the checkout at manscaped.com. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The spotlight would put the Phoenix lights to shame. Did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. It may not be black budget tech, but it's not far off, folks. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ANDYUFO at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I am George Knapp listening to that UFO podcast and having one hell of a good time. Hi everyone and welcome back to that UFO podcast. My name is Andy and I'd like to welcome Dan with me for this one. How are you doing Dan? You okay? I'm great. Thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, I am not bad. Good to get this one recorded finally, um, since the listener submissions have been sitting in my Patreon inbox or on the Patreon page since about the 10th of July on this one. So, the 10th. Well, yeah. it, it means I, I bet we've got some quality uh, quality ones from them. Oh, there's, there's some really good stuff on there. Um, so hopefully I've managed to get everyone's in. I checked the emails and stuff, and I know they came from all over, but if you've DM'd them or sent them on Instagram or Facebook, then I might have missed it because... I struggle to keep up it really has to be email or on like the the patreon page because i think i made that one public it's just really easy to keep them all in one place but yeah it's, it's good to get this one finally recorded before we get into it though and what the show is all about i just want to start by giving a shout out to a couple of listeners who are going through some medical stuff just now um so derek and randall um all the best from myself and dan from the podcast keep your chins up whatever you are with things and and um, we do wish you all the best and and you know what you're going through just now so that's uh, yeah absolutely thumbs up from us um and it's good to hear from you guys as well when you get in touch and that goes for anyone out there who if you're listening to the podcast and it's getting you through something which people get in touch with me and tell us all kinds of stuff then great glad you enjoy it and um again i'm, I'm sorry dan's here but it's just someone to bounce <laughs> off of, so um i hope i can kind of balance out that negativity um i am in the process of uploading a bit of a lost interview um last year almost a 
just over a year ago now, I interviewed Richard Lenny, who is a British ufologist and researcher. Um, they had a lot of audio issues at the time and a lot of stuff was coming up and I was doing lots of recording and still finding my feet and it just kind of fell by the wayside at the time. Um, that one I'm working on just now and it's going to be up on Patreon tomorrow which is the 17th of August, which is a Tuesday. Um, that'll just stay on there for, for a while as an exclusive to them. It's over a year old, um, but there's some good stuff on there. Rich Lenny talks about, you know, using different night vision scopes and stuff to to observe different objects in the sky and what you can and can't use. And um, some really interesting little tidbits in there as well. A little bit of woo, which is always, um, always nice to get into. So that'll be available to Apple Premium and Patreon subscribers as well eventually in the in the coming months it'll come out on the free feeds as well folks but that's just an older one that i'm i'm working on to kind of clean up and get out some extra content thanks to everyone anyway who has been able to sign up and support the podcast as the world starts to get some back to some sense of normality i mean i say normality it's but i mean kind of sad as reality is kind of what it is um is very much appreciated keep reaching out to the podcast at ufo uap am at gmail.com some of your stories and experiences recently have been incredible to read coming soon i will be discussing on a podcast where some of you have asked to share your experiences on air or you've asked me if i could read them out instead so if you want to send over any of your own experiences Um, That would be great, and it'll make up part of an upcoming listener call-in as well. Dan, have you got anything to add? Yeah, just to say that, especially if you're from kind of, you know, USA sightings, South America and and Europe sightings kind of dominate the conversation, it would be great to hear some stories from, you know, if you're listening from India or somewhere like that, send, send in your experiences. Yeah, and I, I do see we have some listeners in Thailand and Indonesia and um, other other parts of the world. So do you know what? If you have had an, an incident or a sighting or something like that, get in touch. It would be good even just to speak to you if you haven't. It's part of the listener call and it'd be good to hear that voice. Um, listen to my accent and I managed to host a podcast. So don't worry about coming on and not sounding coherent or whatever. And and I should say that um, we, we've been uploading some audio-only podcasts to YouTube recently and the auto captioning uh the subtitles on them understand you perfectly so your accent if anyone complains about your accent youtube understands you yeah one star review that <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah thanks oh remember to like and leave your review on apple Podcasts as well folks listen enough about that this podcast is all about it's one of our what if podcasts I didn't steal that from Marvel. I told Dan this months ago, right? He did, I didn't, yeah. No, I didn't know there was a series called What If in the Marvel Universe, right? I didn't know this was a thing. And then they brought it out. So I think they ripped me off. But anyway, it's the day after disclosure. So in conversation, I was talking to Dan about, you know, what do you think it would be like if tomorrow we get the stereotypical confirmation? It could be the UFO on the White House lawn. It could be signals from space, you know, whatever it might be. But we get complete confirmation we are no longer alone in in this or any other universe. How would the conversation change straight away? You see how it works in the movies, right? But what you don't see in the movies or the TV shows, like, is people going to work the next day or you know necessarily just jumping on a bus or you know how religions react to it and it's always action movies so i thought we would have a little bit of a chat of realistically what would it be like if if we found out tomorrow how would things immediately change not necessarily in the long term immediate thoughts on that one dan 
it, it's an interesting question to ask after the past, you know, year or two that we've all had. Um, like, like you alluded to earlier, the word normality is kind of changing every day. Um, and my idea of how the world would react to disclosure is very different to what it would have been had you asked me this question two years ago. Yeah, I mean, obviously Dan's getting at the fact we've just all been been through a, a pandemic and hopefully we're, we're coming out the end of that. But if someone had said to you back in February 2020 or just before that, you know, we're going to go through a, a global pandemic and there's going to be this number of people die and you see statistics and all that kind of stuff, it would have scared everyone. Like it would have been a terrifying thing to think of and you would have had all these questions and yet here we are, you know, a few weeks after the pandemic started, I was going through a Starbucks drive through and, you know, you, you, the McDonald's opened up drive throughs and those, again, that's from a, you know, first world problems, isn't it? That, oh, you know, McDonald's and Starbucks are shut. But it, life kind of goes on because you you adapt and you get on with it. And I imagine this would be an even bigger subject because this really would affect all of humanity at the same time. But yeah, that's what got me interested in the conversation we, we reached out to you, the listener, and uh, just over a month ago, you didn't let us down with a whole ton of ideas and suggestions. So what we're going to do is pick some of those and we'll start talking about them and just kind of interlace them with what we think may happen in that dream scenario of we find out we are not alone in the universe. How, how would things change? So Derek got in touch with us. Um, he mentions, if you've seen Tomorrow War, or the Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime. The, it's quite an interesting idea, and I had another idea about a podcast, Dan, and uh, remind me to ask you about this later on, about my podcast idea about, yeah, that. I'll okay. scribble it down. Yeah, scribble it down. Um, just a tease for listeners, right? But I've got a really good one that I came up with earlier. But um, in the Tomorrow War uh, with Chris Pratt, it's essentially they're watching the, the World Cup final, and in the middle of the game, people invade from the future humans is it 10 years in the future and they basically come through and tell people we need you to come back uh, come to the future and help us fight an alien invasion which we're losing and we need numbers and the only way to get more people is to bring them from the past cool idea awesome um so derek had the idea that you know what they could just turn up randomly in the middle of a football tournament everyone's watching but he reckoned a few things that the stock market would nosedive because of oil stocks so he goes straight to oil Churches would be open 24-7. Pubs will be busy. People's phones will be engaged as everyone rings family. A lot of people phone in sick. And the doom mongers will be in every town preaching from their soapboxes. He did also mention that that UFO podcast hits an all-time high for listeners. That would be that would be a, a nice byproduct <laughs> of it, wouldn't it? But you can you can silver lining to that. Just like unveiling scenario do you know what it's probably not far off that oh you know it's on the news just now breaking news you know we've got confirmation that alien life exists in the world and i'd be straight in going oh i have to go record okay just and just leave the family at the house. <laughs> and you're like dan dan can you get on and record fix um, the seo <laughs> you'd have to so um a couple of good ones in there straight away re- religion's quite a big one dan how how do religions react to the confirmation of, of life in the universe well most religions kind of work in the idea of other forms of life into their religions. Yeah. You know, the, the especially the Eastern ones. Um, whether it's kind of, it's what we would call, you know, almost interdimensional or ET. Um, but they're fairly used to the ideas, whereas the conversation always comes up. And I don't know if it's because a lot of my friends are, are Catholic, 
but it's always a, a conversation around the Catholic faith and how God thinks we're special. And if more life is in the universe, then it makes us less special and how they'd grapple with that. Um, I think churches would stay open all the time. And I think they get a lot of people coming to have a kind of a conversation, not, not even necessarily religious people, but just looking for some calm conversation in what's sure to be a very, very chaotic time. Do you think it's a bit of an outdated idea that religion would, I think religion would collapse is the, the, the usual phrase that would be discussed. Do you think that's maybe a bit outdated now and that it, it wouldn't happen and that more and more religions would be happy to accept the idea that, that there's something else in whatever way, shape or form that might be? Yeah, I think so. You know, the Vatican has an observatory, so they're obviously not completely against the idea that something else is out there. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of people think of God in not this kind of anthropomorphic way of a dude with a beard, but more of a kind of a life force. And if that's the case, and just life in general is special, then it, it works fine, you know? Um, it was It's mentioned further down by another listener, and I'll, I'll hopefully bring it up at the time as well, but might as well discuss it now. There's also the notion that a lot of religions and others would see aliens as demonic, potentially, and we hear about that potentially in the, within the halls of the, the Pentagon and, and other governments worldwide, no doubt, have, have people with religious bias that would potentially indicate these things are demonic or angelic in nature and i just wonder if that's just another way that would be factored or filtered into things that they're, they're almost devils yeah i mean devil is almost just the word that fills the gap right um the unknowable thing that is bad is the devil the, the label thing that is good is the angel of god you know um but it, it would be really interesting to me for us to start grappling with those things you know in a very, very real way. So, uh, Derek also had the idea of, like in all good movies, some generals would want to use nukes. What do you think about that? Do you think that would straight away be a conversation that would be being had, or is that just Hollywood talking? I think, I mean, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? So I, mm -hmm. I think they'd have the conversation, and there'd be a plan about... Let's get them ready. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, they're always ready to go, right? And the president has someone that follows him around with the briefcase and, you, you know, there are moments notice away. Um, so there'd probably be a plan for it, but I However, can't imagine it would be the first reaction. I'm, I'm fairly sure this is an Outer Limits episode. <laughs> so, so listen, there's a thing, though, we have seen this a thousand times in movies, haven't we? Or TV shows that the aliens invade and the generals, let's nuke them. You know, Independence Day famously does nuke them to absolutely well, in, no... In, in the Outer Limits, it's a test. They kind of threaten the Earth, or they don't respond to them when they try and communicate, and then when Earth fires at them, they just kind of swap the you know the missiles away and then say, well, you were very nice to us, so we're going to take your planet now. Well, what about what you don't see in movies is they have that back-and-forward heated debate where some of the guys, usually the scientists, don't want to nuke things, and the, the military guys always play the, yeah, yeah, let's get the nukes out. But would there be a scenario in, a, in a, that kind of real-life real life scenario that someone turns around and says they the nukes won't be any use because they turn them on and off when they want so it's pointless because that's something we hear about in the subject but you never see it brought up in a tv show or a movie that there's no point they just turn them off 
they they always tend to you know in a tv show or movie they would kind of go it wouldn't work and then they'd go but let's try and they'd find a way to make it work just before the pilot fired the missile you know that that's how that would go um but that in, just- in real life i don't think that would happen i i think we'd be more likely to see things like um you know they they would be thought behind it we we've had reports of emps bringing these things down um degraded or sorry depleted plutonium or uranium shells wasn't it um in italy so i think those kind of tactics would be employed rather than just kind of going for you know one haymaker so to speak yeah an interesting thought is is work okay everyone tends to to work some kind of shift or you know job if you're if you're able to and how how would that affect things? Like, can you imagine you work in McDonald's or you work in an office or you're a you know a chef in like a busy restaurant or you know you, you clean you clean schools or whatever you do that you still have to go into work the next day, don't you? Like, it's oh, okay. Does does life just still go on? Because so many listeners I thought were interesting that people brought up the point that overnight things would change and you know we had you know we discover our innate ability to telepathically communicate i don't think that changes overnight i i mean i know i have an an innate ability to run but i can't just be usain bolt with that <laughs> knowledge right yeah absolutely like i i just see it as being i know it's really weird to live in but again it goes back to that let's use the pandemic that if someone told you that that would happen but you know you would still well, i i still have worked through the whole pandemic just by the nature of my my day job just to remind folks that i do work full time as well yeah and it's like you, I, it's just been a different way of doing it but you've just had to get on with it during the pandemic and would it be the same that bus drivers train drivers cleaners high level execs would all still have to go to work maybe a day or two of disruption but I think maybe it depends on the form that they would take. I you know, mean, full-on alien invasion, Dan, fair enough. Yeah, I'm guessing, no, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you're not you going know, to work. If, if it's an immediate kind of thing, then you'd probably see more like um, when the incoming missile alert, the false warning was issued in Hawaii. Uh, I can't remember the year. Uh, it was a while back now, though, um, where basically, you know, people just didn't go into work. Um, though I did read a couple of stories from there where someone did go into work and they had a lovely kind of moment of connection on the rooftop uh with a stranger that they never spoken to from work as they were expecting this missile to kind of come down and destroy everything they knew and loved um it must have been a really insane moment um so i guess realistically some people would go to work and i guess it's a way to do something normal while the world is kind of crumbling around you and we we know that people experience cognitive dissonance so i i think we'd still see some people you you know cold calling and offering you sky tv yeah well listen i just have to to reach out and ask any starbucks baristas that in the event of any cataclysmic event please continue to attend work because i'm a big fan of starbucks um so yeah that's, that's or, or at least for me. put the training manual in a really obvious place so Andy can help himself in the event that you leave the door. I, I wouldn't need a training manual to, to operate a <laughs> I'd be more than happy with that. Um, Scott, he talks about communication. So his first thought is around how, as a species, we will choose to communicate with the aliens. Um, we might want to make sure first contact is not made through the military, as what message would that send? So what are your thoughts on that, Dan? It, it's funny, do you know what? And th- this gets a little bit on potential 
essentially the idea I had for the the other podcast. But watching, um, right, essentially my idea for the other podcast and that we're going to do sometime soon is going to be, I, I love watching the first five to ten minutes of Alien movies. And I think we've talked about this before as to how they arrive and like how they potentially communicate. You know, Independence Day yeah. is like the big build, the big build, the satellite images object comes in through the atmosphere which takes ages but i love the, i mean the effects for the time are phenomenal and they still hold up now and it comes in through the atmosphere and you see it burning through the different layers and then they sit they just sit there you still don't see any beings and there's maybe half an hour of the movie going by before we get there they blow everything up and then the little ships come out and that's where you get the big dog fights and it's quite a while before you see any beings like will smith i think is the first time when he welcome earth the famous scene punches the alien um, that's the first time you see the beings. Whereas other films like Arrival, God, I hope, I hope the visitors don't watch that. Like we would be judged for that. That would be seen as a very galactically racist scene. <laughs> yeah, again, just entirely unnecessary to punch them in the face. Like, uh, but I, I, I was going to say Arrival as well. I know that's a favorite of yours. Yeah, yeah. That takes ships, a while for everything to be unveiled. That's it. The ships just are there they're just they just arrive and they sit and it, there's a more peaceful from their point of view attempt at communication so how do you think that would potentially go do you seeing it being the old helicopter with the flashing lights attempts or would it be radio frequencies and what, what could you see realistically happening there i think i think you'd find that you know kind of similar to arrival the areas would be cordoned off people wouldn't be allowed to get near it it would be official bodies attempting communication and to figure out what's going on basically um how how much of that we would know you know in arrival for example we stick to amy adams's character who it goes into the ship and everything but if that film was from the point of view of you or me it just would have been they're here and then days of nothing until they disappeared what about though in the sense that let, let's talk about loads of ships come down so that they're, they're based in various different major cities okay we'll go with that that age-old cliche do countries agree on a way to go about it or do you think they try their own like do russia china and america sit around a table and say look we have to kind of to work this one out together or do they all attempt their own stuff well i think a good kind of comparison here would be climate change right you know we have the paris accords we we have a lot of different countries agreeing to these kind of targets that will save the planet but really what is going to take an international effort it appears that even in this kind of emergency some countries aren't playing ball and there might be reasons behind that you know they might not have the advancement or the infrastructure and things like that but in a moment like that it's up to it's kind of up to the bigger countries to step up and you know open their arms wide but in a very friendly way. And I'm going to emphasize that because of the the goings on at the moment in Afghanistan. Well, Scott does mention that it potentially could be the UN, but perhaps we would have to elect representatives outside of the normal political process, specifically for this task, as the skill set needed would be different. Also, the UN is often dominated by the bigger powers as well. Yeah. Catherine, Catherine got in touch and she said, straight off the bat, money becomes pointless. Does it then? Again, I think it depends if they're nice or if they're bad. You know, if we're going to have to return to a barter system because 
no one trusts the government and everything's falling apart and all our officials are gone or something, then yeah, probably money's not going to get you very far. Um, or if it was Bitcoin and I've not got any, <laughs> that would be really frustrating. Oh man, the mining fees and the wait for those to processing times would be crazy. Some some transactions take like a week. Um, yeah, no no good in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Right, There's, Catherine makes a point. I don't necessarily agree with this in the short term, but I think there's a good discussion here, Dan. So don't spoil this. So we discover we discover our innate ability to telepathically communicate. Straight off the bat, I'm saying that that doesn't happen overnight, okay? However, do we open ourselves up to a kind of global enlightenment that dream scenario, wasn't it, for a lot of people? I, I don't know that it's necessarily mine, to be honest, but we discover an ability to, to communicate and have a, a bigger place in, in the galaxy and the universe and do you think that necessarily happens? No. <laughs> because I think we're all in very different places as people, as countries, as smaller groups, you know, as a race. Um, without going into the political, you know, the way the world is right, right now. Think. Yeah, without going into like that, it's a fair point, though, that the world is very different country to country, city to city, that we're not all in the same place like you say that overnight it's like do you know what we should all be getting on i just just don't i don't think that would be the case i mean there there are literally some people on this planet who this series of events wouldn't make a bit of difference for (laughs) who are you thinking uh oh i forget their name uh the uncontacted tribe um i was going to say do you mean like the kind of the like people in the amazon and those kind of tribes are yeah there's there's an island that society you christian emissaries went to try and convert them and it went very badly for the for the people that visited um and it's just you know they got killed by spears basically oh yeah yeah that was that one bow and arrow was it not yeah probably yeah yeah (laughs) got got shot by trying to approach them and talk about God. Um, yeah, that's that's how that one went for them. So, I mean, sad as it was. Um, Catherine also says that she gets to say, I told you so to my friends. That's that's a guilty pleasure. I'm sorry, but I would be that guy as well going, yep. I've, I've got my T-shirt and patches ready. I told you so. Yep. Um, they'll be on Dan's page straight away. <laughs> um, but money's worthless, so we'll be free at that point. Yeah, the economy crumbles around us, but Dan's still asking you to wait three to five days for shipping if you're based <laughs> in the UK. Um, she does say, Catherine says, Stephen Greer discovers that while all ferries might be UFOs, not all UFOs are ferries. So there's, I, I dig it Stephen Greer in there as well. I, again, though, in, in those scenarios, right, you, you take out the alien invasion type scenario and that there's more of a peaceful type of process i'm fascinated and that's that's one of the reasons i I just want things to move forward not necessarily to a full disclosure as much as i would love that but just to get a little bit more info out to knock off and this isn't directly aimed at stephen greer but just charlatans and frauds in general because i doubt any alien species would come down and say oh do you know what we've read david wilcox book and it's not very good or you know uh, cory good's talking nonsense or you know c5 doesn't work that I, it, I, it's a good kind of line of questioning because do those things go away with disclosure or do those guys go they're still lying to you and it becomes something like q and you know it, it stays around in that very kind of dark so recess of the internet form that's where i was going to go though you look at what we've got now with the 
the Tic Tacs and, you know, TTSA and Louis Elizondo, Chris Mellon, and that's not 100% proof of anything, but it's it's splintered the whole community and the people involved. And it's those, it's, it's very telling that a lot of those groups have kind of stayed in their own, their own kind of factions and cliques and, and all that kind of stuff that you're not going to get Louis Elizondo and Cody Good and Stephen Greer and David Wilcox round the table all chatting this through because they're in very, very, very different places. I'd uh, I'd put my money on Lou if that was a celebrity death match. Yeah, it would, it would dogfight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd be all of that. And and you'll appreciate this one talking of dogfights, Dan. Um, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't think, I, I mean, we we think of I th- the War of the Worlds radio broadcast, right? And mm-hmm. that, like I've said before, I don't think it was quite as widespread as it's kind of reported. Um, but certainly some people had to have experienced hysteria from just a radio play. And, you know, we we wouldn't bat an eyelid at that these days. Um, but we kind of have a different form of things, right? So ours would be, you know, Twitter, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. We, we'd be seeing, yeah, we'd be seeing disclosure through 40 second bites here's one right okay so we're talking about you know we we find out we're not alone what if the scenario dan was and let's just talk about this one generally because it's a big idea that we we find out just as a passing glance project galileo picks up a huge spacecraft you know like a muamua imagine we managed to pick up a full 8k image of what was a football sized or bigger craft passing through the edge of our solar system it doesn't interact with us but we pick it up it's broadcast on live tv we're not alone we we can't get in touch with it and it's gone what happens tomorrow i think you one immediately have science funneling money into somehow being able to communicate or find where that craft came from and so on and so forth suddenly all the attention we ever wanted would be there. People like us, well, I mean, we we just double down, right? We're already kind of in the right mindset to, to want to tackle this. Um, I think people who aren't into the subject, I think it will be one of those things where they're kind of like, wow, that's amazing. And then when Kim Kardashian breaks a nail next week, they'll kind of, their attention would go there. So that's, that's the one thing, let me pick you up on that, because that's what I think as well. I really do think we're in a place in 2021 if this happened tomorrow. You know, Sky News, CNN, Fox News, I've got to cover all the bases in America for their different channels, NBC, Good Morning America, whatever you watch, whatever your political affiliations, you know, Australian news, African news, whatever you watch, you see live images of a huge alien craft or something that's definitely not from here, but it's way, way, way out in the solar system. We pick it up and it just goes past I think pretty quickly people go back to I'm watching Love Island or, you know, what's on Netflix or I think there'll be a massive part of society that go, oh, cool, and just move on. And I don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's something that social media has contributed to massively, that it's bite-sized chunks and it's got to be fast information, like, okay, it's got to be followed up now, now, now. You know, binge-watching, that people no longer can wait a week for a TV show there's no build-up or or payoff that, do you know what, I've watched this series for three months or six months and I'm about to watch the finale. Now it's I've watched the full series in a day. It was really good. 
and then you forget about it for a year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of a testament to what TTSA and Lou and Sean and everyone like that has done to kind of get it to a place where people would see something like that and shrug. You know, I'd, I'd say that's kind of what it looks like when the stigma goes away. It's also part of the battle still just now, isn't it, that we still have those arguments and you see it online and I think everyone experienced it with the task force report build-up as we saw more and more people commenting on threads and posts, which was great, but who weren't necessarily interested in the subject. They were very sceptical and people who were very much dismissive of it as well. And they came and got involved and quickly disappeared because the task force report came out it didn't say here are the aliens and it, it went away we know there's there's more to come you know there's there's follow-ups and and we're waiting on that next news drop that no doubt will be sooner than later i, I would i would hasten to add but there's a lot of people who who need that instant news story news story news story bang 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 like like jeremy corbell was doing at one point where it was quite regular as big or small as it might be, some people really need that talking point. And when it's not there, they don't want to dig into the, the history or they won't want to necessarily listen to a show like this and think about the speculation and think about the ideas. And I appreciate doing the listener call-in shows where you hear people who found the podcast like three weeks ago. One of the listeners, sorry, I can't remember their name, but it was only three weeks ago that they found the podcast on Spotify based on listening to, to David Fravor, I think it was, on Joe Rogan. And went looking for UFO podcasts. So people now hopefully listen to this and go, oh, I've not thought of that idea before, or that's interesting. Or they listen and go, Dan and Andy are talking total nonsense, but it's made me think, what if this? And it just changes that, evolves the conversation a little bit for me, which which I find pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I think in 2021, you're, you're right, there's that. But what are the Kardashians doing? What does Kanye think of all this? There, there are the questions. Um, Bekir um, got in touch and he was curious that he would want to know how long that potentially they have been visiting here, if they've been observing us, and what their opinion of the human race is as a whole. Probably best avoiding that opinion question right at the minute. Um, but what do you think about the the immediate questions of, do you think people would want to know, like the, the general public? I think they would. You, you, you know, as much as the attention spans are short these days. People were fascinated before, you know, when in the lead up to the UAPTF report. Um, people really love the subject. They're intrigued by it. They want to know about it. It's just how much attention they're willing to give it unless, you know, an alien being is on their lawn. <laughs> Would you rather that you had option A as we meet uh, an alien ET intelligence, non-human, and they've been observing us and they know all about us, or would you rather we got total stranger tourists fresh off the fresh off the bus, they arrive here and they are like, do you know what, we have literally just discovered you and found you? I think the second one, just because we'd be on an even keel then, but and there are less likely to blow us up to the first. Well, I... I I'm of the opinion that if they were going to do that, that would have happened, you know, a long while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are benefits to the first because you know, we we don't know the history of this planet. We there, there are a lot of things we do not know that they could help us with. I guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bikir also adds, he's worried about people choosing sides. Even if the aliens themselves said they aren't here to harm us, people would still choose to believe them or not believe them. That's spot on, yeah. Uh, I think an issue that could be solved immediately is finding out if these objects are a danger to commercial airlines. Should we be concerned about crashing into a UFO on our trip to Cancun for spring break? Or do these craft have some super advanced collision avoidance systems on board? That's kind of where we are right now, right? Yeah. You know, we, we've got the FAA coming out saying that, you know, they, they are kind of kind of amassing sightings report and they have a database. Um, and the threat question is really about in our everyday lives, i.e., you know, when Dave Fravor and all the people that succeeded him go up and do their thing. Are these things being there just in that alone? Um, a threat and yeah it's possible you know unless unless we know they have an anti-collision thing it's something that we we really do have to figure out i can't remember who i was talking to was it in the group with uap media or on the discord chat or and i mentioned i might have been the discord chat talking about how you know when you're trying to and you shouldn't swat flies but you know with your hand and a fly's flying towards you and you just can't seem to hit it and so basically yesterday, um, DJ from Life MMA and NBA was on a live stream with Nathan, who is a wave soul, one of our listeners and very good listener too. Always good to hear from him. And uh, Chris Leto, yeah. who has his YouTube channel. Oh, it's a really good chat. And I, I mentioned, Dan, something you'd picked up on previously that you've you've mentioned, but not many people do, is the the way the Tic Tac apparently was, was tumbling when it was above the ocean. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily sitting straight and and moving left to right it was and i like you likened it to when you drop your mobile phone and it tumbles uh, out your hand that's literally a quote uh alex has said that herself alex, okay that was um, alex Dietrich, like yeah. when a phone hits the floor and i i kind of likened it and i said oh yeah when a rugby ball bounces you can't really tell which way it's gonna go and it just you, you know looks weird yeah so i i happened to mention that with them as well um so they have a very erratic movement. Like when you're trying to swat a fly, you don't understand how or why it moves the way it does. And anytime you think you're going to get it, or, you know, again, sorry, people who are fans of flies, but, you know, knock a fly with a towel or get it out of the way, you know, it's going to land on the kid's food or something. And it, it moves at the last minute. And that's the way these objects seem to react, that it's it's not an issue until the very last second. And then bang a right angle turn or it moves out the way or it accelerates off and i just wonder is there some kind of awareness whether they're biological or non-biological that it's just not an issue we we literally can't interact with them physically and that's where maybe the emp stuff may play a part with some of them being able to kind of knock them out as such but so i wonder on that when it comes to like anti-collision type systems I, i don't think that would be any sort of issue with it I mean, we've got Teslas kind of doing the same thing now. Kind of. I, I, mean, I mean, to a much lesser standard, <laughs> the Tesla yeah. Tic Tac. They, they seem to work pretty well in California um, and, and not much other places. But yeah, you're right. Um, you, you know, we're, we're talking sufficiently advanced technology. I think this is why people talk about these craft being gifted to us so much, because we think, well, they're so advanced. How the hell are they crashing? Um and the the kind of the interdimensional, I think we spoke the other day about them kind of maybe being a window into here. Um, you, you know, windows don't crash into each other. 
they they just it's not a thing we've but, ever worried but about. There's then that's an assumed infallibility with these objects that we go they're they're so much more advanced and better they must be perfect. Yes. So why why couldn't a really advanced civilization that travels from another dimension, another star system, another universe, why couldn't any potential craft still fail? We we just assume because it's more than likely, isn't it? That that's what it is. It's just a, a, an assumption. But why couldn't they still have an issue? Yeah, and that you you know we say that uh, flying in an airplane is one of the safest ways to travel, but they still crash a lot, yeah. and you know we don't find them and things like that. So, and and we all know the more advanced our computers get, the harder they are to fix, and the more likely they are to go wrong, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I would think that even advanced technology would go wrong potentially sometimes um, yeah yeah carve and april had really similar points so thank you both um they were curious of how long and how close they've been watching like you mentioned before but they both brought up do they have historical records and have they been around to witness mass extinction extinction god almighty have they been around to witness mass extinction events or potentially have they helped circumvent any disasters that could have happened what are your thoughts on that dan that would be really interesting because i like to think that if i was in a spaceship and a planet was you know imploding that i would save some semblance of that culture and the best way to do that would be to save some of the people as many as you could um so i wonder i wonder if it it almost makes you wonder if that's happened in the past where those people would be now um and if they're just kind of you, you know there's all these very very humanoid races out there that are on different planets caused by literally that you know rescue operations essentially by the observers it's an awful thing to think of, but you know how we always hear how we're on the verge or like the precipice of the next mass extinction event, or we're, we're overdue another ice age or something like that. Yeah, that maybe the the abduction history from the last kind of fifty to hundred years has literally been, let's take some samples of this species because from their point of view of time and how they view time, it's literally about to happen. Whereas for us, it could be weeks, years, or hundreds of years away. But for them, that's that's pretty imminent. So. Yeah. Some of these abductions is literally a case of, well, let's save some of the species. And and there are kind of some schools of thought as well that wonder if, you know, the the visitors kind of hit a reset button for us every now and then and that we're a grand experiment by them. That's a much more negative one, though. That's like my example I used ages ago of The Sims. <laughs> where you've got a couple of different entities and races playing the sims and they're watching us and some are really invested at the start and then as time goes on they kind of don't want to play the game anymore and eventually someone puts it back on and goes yeah this isn't really going the way i wanted it to so Stop. let's start the game over again <laughs> I, I would hope not but you know you never know um so yeah that's some interesting ideas from april and carve uh next one yeah sure next one is is from mikey and he mentions really interestingly, he made some great points, and a lot of them have been brought up already, which which is great. But he mentions fake news starts spreading on the internet, which covers every narrative. The internet and its role in 
what would happen going forward, Dan? How do you see that landing? I mean, to put it bluntly, am I allowed to swear? It's a shit show. <laughs> it, uh, no. They, they would be... People probably remember Heaven's Gate. Mm. And you know what happened there with the cult, kind of the, the suicide cult. Um, and I think we would get a lot of that um, from the narratives that would kind of go on out there. Um, I could imagine people like Corey Good, David Wilcox, you know, so on and so forth, really doubling down and kind of going the conspiracy route. Um, but that that kind of feels surreal to me <laughs> that they'd they'd go so much worse because aliens would be here for real. Um, but yeah, the misinformation would spread very, very quickly. I think there's a possibility some countries would use their kind of bot farms and things like that to imply they maybe had more information than they did um, or a better relationship with the visitors than they did. There would be a lot of political games happening. A lot of people giving opinions where they have no information instead of waiting for the information. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would really hope in that situation that very quickly a kind of a, a group with a public facing department would be formed where the public could actually be properly informed and have a central repository for everything that's been officially shared. And Mikey shared a lot of other ideas on there, but he did kind of end it with um, that over over the coming months, things get better. Like with COVID, there's a, a new normal and we would we would settle into it. Um, he, he did also mention, oh, just given the timing of it, that uh, celebrations would still be ongoing from England winning the Euros. Um, that never happened. Sorry to any English listeners. <laughs> um, but Dan's Welsh and I'm Scottish, so that says it all. Um, Erin, uh, who's all nice to hear from, lots of jostling for influence from world leaders, celebrities, the the Bezos, Branson, Musk types, uh, a mix of fear, awe, disbelief, and military-industrial scheming for how best to get them to help exploit resources or technology. Medicine, Dan, keeping it broad in general, there's this idea again that any alien race would come down and fix all our ailments straight away. Why do you think that is? Again, it depends on them because where carbon-based life forms, everything works a certain way. If the aliens came here and they hadn't viewed us before, you know, if they've just bumped into us, they wouldn't have a clue how to treat us, quite frankly. Um, Any other form of life would know how to treat themselves. They would know how to treat things they'd encountered. Um, But anything outside of their kind of experience would be you know, they wouldn't even know how to fix a paper cut. They'd probably find it fascinating that our bodies heal. It could be a unique ability that we have. We just don't know. So I, I wouldn't take just assume that that's going to happen, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I like the idea as well that um, Ren also mentions, we're assuming that we would be able to communicate at all. Um, yeah, that's the that's like, big one for me. I was there's always the, oh yeah, we'll, we'll work it out, or it would be AI, or you know, we could use lights, but imagine just there was nothing. We, we just couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was talking to a friend, and we were talking about intelligent life and where the kind of the line is for that. And we quickly got to the point that we think communication would be our kind of yardstick, um, just because without communication, you literally cannot communicate that you're as intelligent um you, you know rats might think about the stars for all we know 
but we think that they just like the little boxes in labs and things, you know. Absolutely. Karen had a lot of really good points. Um, one of her questions straight away would be, where are they from and what do they want? So there's an interesting take straight away of what do they want? Usually you assume it's, you know, peace, love and light and all that nonsense. But do you think there would be a massive element of trepidation as to just as as human beings that we would be naturally wary and suspicious potentially possibly you you know we i i think there's almost an intelligence game that would be it would start playing the second that they revealed themselves right or the second that anyone knew that they were here um we we know that the intelligence agencies haven't let this go since as far back as we can remember um on that thought, Dan, do, do what would be really funny is if like the aliens landed and came out some kind of ship and as they walk down the ramp, some general somewhere turns to his friend and, and goes, that's not the ones we have got. <laughs> now that's a good film opening. That that would be good, wouldn't it? Ah, oh, that's that's not the ones we're aware of. Like, But that goes back, we had that conversation recently, I think I asked the question of, do, do they know about each other? Do different beings and entities have an awareness that you know, say, say there's another, say these others are based here, whether it's our reality or physically on this planet or, or otherwise, but then that there are, let's just use Mars, there are flying saucers coming from Mars, okay? Like, do, do they know about there's other beings here or do they know it's just there's a planet with life on it or, or do the others based on this planet know of x y and z out there in the universe like again there's an assumed knowledge that oh they can answer all the questions isn't there yeah absolutely we we for some reason we just assume that they're going to be smarter than us it would be interesting if they showed up and we were on an even keel or you know the opposite would that not be really disappointing a little bit are you thinking kind of district nine where an alien race come down and need our help and they're like they're like refugees. So you'd be like, ah, we we kind of wanted your help, and they're like, no, 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 you have to help us. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Arrival did that too, right? The the point of the aliens visiting was to ask for humanity's help, and then they gave them a machine and basically said, in you know, I think it was ten years or maybe fifty, a hundred, we'll be back, and we we need you to have built this for us. Um, in a way, it'd be disappointing, but in another way, it kind of it fosters friendship, right? to work together so i think it might be nice for us to feel useful instead of useless dave smethurst uh, brings up an interesting point again a lot of the topics have been covered sort of already but he ponders the idea that rogue nations such as north korea and iran uh, would potentially use alien appearance as leverage by threatening to attack aliens so we are talking about the big superpowers how do you think those other maybe separatist or smaller nations like that might might react? People tend to react badly when they're left out. I know that. Um, Aw. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did I give too much away there? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's what from... being into aliens when you were going through primary school does. Mm, yeah, true. <laughs> but, you know, they do. And there's kind of posturing that goes on. Um, so yeah I, I think there might be a, a few people that kind of oh sorry a few nations that don't step up to the plate so to speak 
Yeah, yeah, potentially. It's an interesting idea as well. I mean, it's not the the nicest one, and you can you kind of go worst case scenario there, don't you? But um, yeah, Dave also mentions uh, he mentions that uh, potentially there would be a blow to the scientific credibility or the scientific community um, having to approach governments for the truth about my, what might have been going on, and then you know about the potential cover ups that have been going on as well. Do you think again in this scenario we find out what's going on? that governments or those organizations come forward i mean let's just say lockheed martin's got all the stuff from the u.s government from from 70 years ago do they come forward and go with the u.s government's approval okay here's a technology that we recovered and here's what we've been working on with it i don't think so i i hope that they would if that has happened because that's one of those moments where it defines trust um the governments or not and without any kind of organization in such a massive paradigm shift like that um you know we'll we'll be worse off um so i would hope in in a situation like that everything one would come clean um but i i imagine as soon as they came into the atmosphere all we'd hear is uh paper shredders from inside the pentagon they can't even keep Lou Elizondo's emails undeleted. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Danielle Gonzalez had um, some really interesting points. Goes with the threat narrative, which I know isn't a very popular one with a lot of people, but um, I'll, I'll read out what she's got here, Dan, and you can give us your thoughts on it. It's hard not to jump to the big picture and a long view, so here are my thoughts. They are a threat, in my opinion, and we can't stop them conventionally with our current defence capabilities because they can disarm our weapons. But they can't telepathically disarm 8 billion humans if we were to resist their presence. Clearly, they have some kind of programming agenda. Clearly, they see we are in big trouble with the climate, but they are not sharing the tech that could mitigate our problem. Perhaps we aren't evolved enough to employ their tech because it involves a quantum leap in consciousness, and so they're just going to work around us. Are we okay with that? What do you think? Maybe they're just waiting us out. Maybe they see the process happening, they want the planet, and they're just waiting for us to have to deal with the consequences of our actions of an industry on a global scale. So that would be going with the idea that they would experience time in the same the same way we do, yeah, and they can see the way it's scenario. going. Okay, um, Daniel also mentions about you know, and um, they potentially would they use hybridization to benefit themselves. Um, they're here for resources. Explorers are always looking for resources to further their own species and way of life. Um, again, that that's that was something I went away from over the years, but more recently I've kind of gone back to the idea that the the earth is used as a bit of a fueling station with the abundance of water and hydrogen i think that's something lou elizondo's mentioned and i know it's quite a popular trope in movies isn't it that that the earth gets mined for all sorts of stuff yeah there seems there seems to be a reason that we're visited and we don't really understand what that is whether it's even humanity um the the question made me think of the ship of theseus um I don't know if you remember this. Uh, basically, the idea is, is that you have a ship, and over time you make repairs to it, and you change out bits. And then after you've made so many repairs, and you've replaced literally every single bit on the boat, is it still the same boat? And there's kind of no right answer. You can argue this till we blue in the face with people. But it's what I think of when I think of the hybridization kind of idea, that 
would would you be able to say you saved your race if actually what you did was you hybridized and kind of made a, a different version um even if that's happening i imagine that there's probably disagreement uh in the species about whether that's the right way to do it but it would yeah. be i guess an act of desperation if it was going on right yeah, I, I mean, it's just the label you would put on it, though, as well, isn't it? That, you know, transport started out with a wheel and you're going to get all the way to spacecraft with ion engines and everything else. Yeah. It's still essentially the same idea. You want to get from one place to another, but it's it's very much a totally different ball game to what you started with. And yeah, from a species point of view, genetically modifying a species and then, you know, hybridization like that. And is, is it the same? Yeah. Like if again, if you went full cyborg DC universe and got bits of you replaced to eventually the point your entire body over hundreds of years was was a robot, are you still Dan? Yeah, exactly. And, and then again, we, we are, kind of do hybridization add, stuff with add, like Dan, plants as well. I have to add, you, your cells do completely regenerate every seven years, though, don't you? So technically, do, you're yeah. not the same person every seven years. Yeah, you, if you didn't that. know that one, folks. There you go. You do. If you were in a philosophy classroom right now, they would love you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's true. I read that years ago online. <laughs> so if anyone wants to check that one out for us, thank you very much. Um, Ewood said, I think once the cat is out of the bag and we have a form of disclosure, there would be countries doing everything they can to see if they can lure, lure a UAP and bring it down shoot at it or use EMP weapons that um, he's heard discussed before. Some countries would fill play to get their hands on the tech and gain a head start in the advanced tech developments. Do you know what? You can't even argue against the idea that countries would use that as a who can get the weapons first to have the power. It's, it, it'd be disappointing, but... Yeah, I, I think so too. The The one thing we can guarantee after one of these things reveals itself is that people will fight over who owns that thing. Um, and finally, uh, Simon Simon had again some great points down there. He wants to ask, uh, though, Dan, what do you think on the idea that people would rely or turn to their governments to make sure they were kept safe and investigated things further? Do you think people would still have that trust or seek that kind of comfort from their government or, or do things change? I think a lot of people don't consider the government a you know, a valid entity in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've seen over the past few years kind of that happen. Um, so those people were never going to convince to kind of listen to, to the government. But the rest of us, I think it depends on what the government does. You, you know, we, we know through all of the paperwork we have, um, through FOIAs by, you know, John Greenwald or work by others, um, we know there's been a cover-up. That's the most easily provable thing. A cover-up of exactly what is what we don't know. So if the government didn't come out and kind of just say, hey, this is everything we know and everything we gathered, then I think there would be major, major issues with trust between the people and the governments. Cool. Th that was that was a good discussion. I enjoyed that. Dan, I want to put you on the spot with uh, last thing. What do you think would be the one area of society that would see the biggest impact immediately from from kind of knowing and finding out? That's a tough question. I, I would, my gut reaction to that question is science. I, I think every area of life would be affected, um, but science would 
go from you know the science of today would feel like we were dragging our feet do you, do you think as a species we would benefit more from you know the idea of a, a floated earlier that we we detect a, a craft on the outskirts of the solar system flying on by do you think we would benefit more from discovering that and then having time to build on that rather than a species kind of paying us a visit or us discovering another species straight off the bat i'm I'm going to rephrase the question you asked because it sounded like you were asking me if if a slow drip free rollout of disclosure would be better than a potentially big reveal. um and yeah i think it would be i think it would be there, there's just simply a lot of people in the world who don't have the time or the interest or the attention span or you know a million other reasons they just might not be connected with the screen you know they might not even know that uap report happened um it takes a while to kind of get everyone on the same page and and this is going to take a while to to kind of reveal Dan, thanks for joining us again. That was that was fun. That was a good discussion. And we'll be back soon with another What If. Um, we'll announce that very, very soon online. And there'll be another news pod coming out this week as well. Any closing thoughts, Dan? Uh, just to thank everyone for their uh, awesome suggestions. And also the ones that weren't awesome. Thank you. Thanks for getting back <laughs> anyway. Um, and and I, I am really sorry if I've missed you off. Um, but I've tried to get as many in as I can as well. So uh, till next time, folks. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. Then I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red. I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And I think I should see. Because it doesn't really scare me. If you really want to know who I think they be, I guess you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, Jake?